it's a bit difficult to kind of like watch it objectively and not be like oh but this guy's actually gonna drive for this person and oh they're gonna drop this person and blah 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 um you are now listening to the sideline sips podcast where we talk about sport fashion and everything in between so it's a french podcast today as you brought to my attention oui oui <laughs> oui oui c'est la vie <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the most French I've ever spoken in my life in one sentence. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm actually very impressed with myself. Um, um, yeah, so it's basically gonna be an all French potty today, um, sports and fashion wise. Um, we might just split this into, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe we'll, we get it all in an hour, less than an hour, I don't know, but we'll see. But, um, yeah, so. The Monaco Grand Prix, or not even the Grand Prix, the Grand Prix. Fun fact about that, I actually saw a video the other day about a girl. She makes TikTok videos, but she just, I don't know, she kind of like explains things about the sport. I'm not really sure. I only just always like, my brain just like stops the way she says Grand Prix, but she says it in a very like French way. It's like Grand Prix, but she's like super American. I'm like, what is happening? And then every time she mentions the word Grand Prix, I just freeze and I'm like, what? And then, you know, you know me, I just run to the comment sections and I'm like, what are people saying? And then there's so many Am I the only one that finds this funny? <laughs> and then like literally the comment section would be like, the grand what? And it's just, it's just, it's, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. But I mean, maybe it is the proper way to say Grand Prix. We're just all saying it in a very flat English way, just so that everybody can pronounce it. But mm. oh, it's just so funny when some people say it like that. And I'm like, that's mm. the right way to say it. But you know what? It's, it's, we, we make what yeah. we have to. I mean, it's like, what was that thing that we always said in high school? I think, was it poke bowls? Oh, pokeballs. Pokeballs. We had a whole discussion about that like years ago. It's like, is it poke bowls? Is it pokeballs? Like, why do we call it? Um, Doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, it wasn't, it wasn't poke balls, man. It wasn't something else. Um, acai balls. Oh, yeah. That (laughs) whole discussion about how you pronounce it. Oh, brain twister. Just, I just love it. I just love it. Um, some words just Mm -hmm. blow my brain. Like literally today we were trying to, um, get a new name for a new headboard that we're launching. For me, it's like the same headboard with buttons. I'm like, there's nothing really like that different about it it's not as if we have like weird you know like a weird victorian shape to it it's a square headboard with buttons it's nothing more yeah. to it apparently the buttons are going to give it a very french look i'm like okay um cool and now we're sitting there brainstorming about names and now it's all these like weird names I'm like guys nobody's going to be able to pronounce this and we're talking i'm like let's just call it the monet you know, like, I mean, it's very, it's a little bit French, you know, um, and stuff like that. And they're like, okay, cool. But this how do you spell it? <laughs> M-O-N-E-T. So, but okay. then they're like, the South African person in us or people in us are going to be like. Munet. Munet. <laughs> it's Munet. <laughs> and literally, Nika, I kid you not, the first person that walked, we literally, I think we renamed it at 10 o'clock. Somebody walked in at 12 because we obviously had to put it in the system to kind of like start putting it in production. 
Um, yes. The first person that walked in there was like, the Monette. Like, we just brought in the Monette. I'm like, the, the, the what? <laughs> it's like, it was either that or just something super fringe that nobody can ever pronounce. I mean, yeah, I'd rather take and they the, don't even try. Exactly. I'd rather take the Monette than anything else but slowly but surely we'll be like the monet i mean if we can call arrange the bordeaux then i'm pretty sure we can call it the monet mm. so i just i i just can't i just can't but um anyways back to the grand prix um mm. so there's a lot that has happened in the world of f1 this week or the past two weeks um i'm going to try to sum it up as much as possible to keep you in the loop because Please tell me you started watching Drive to Survive. My bets. I have. I finished yes. the first season. I'm you on the have? second season now. Mm. I just started. I think we're on the first episode of the second season. Great, great. So you're mm. in the loop. You know yes, a little I bit even of read all about all the Grand Prix and whatever being cancelled. I feel like I know shit now. <laughs> it only took you about like how many weeks to finally get into this loop. Mm. I mean, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. In the Thank previous you. podcast, I literally mentioned, I hope you watch the um, Charge to Survive. And then finally, we are here, ladies and gentlemen. We have reached the point of destination. Um, <laughs> um, what are your thoughts? No, I like it. I definitely like it. Um, it's a little bit difficult because I'm watching it, like I'm binging it. I'm not watching it as it comes out. So I'm like, I think in 2019 now. So I'm very yeah. far behind. And knowing what I know of what's happening right now, um, it's a bit difficult to kind of like watch it objectively and not be like, oh, but this guy's actually going to drive for this person and oh, they're gonna drop this person and blah blah blah. Um, so, but I'm trying to stay away from and uh, not spoilers, but to not yeah. like have that influence my opinions of certain people because obviously, like I really like Max Verstappen, but in the first season, he's a real asshole. Shame, but he's <laughs> very he's immature. Also, he's also very young and in, in, in yeah, yeah. So. A lot of the guys are very young in those first episodes, ah, first season. So, um, I'm kind of like I need to give them some room to grow, you know. Who's your okay? So, you're, so your favorite in, in season one's like Max. Oh, overall, it's no, Max. no, no. I didn't like him in season one. I really like Daniel Ricardo. Of course, he's just a fan. Um, I liked Ocon. Oh, it's the best team. Yeah, <laughs> we call him Esty Besty. That's that's oh, okay. Okay, um, I liked him, um, but I think actually he didn't have a seat at the end of the season, so it was a bit sad. Um, sure. and the other one that I feel bad for, but I don't necessarily like, is Grosjean because he tries so hard and he's just not getting there. And but I like the horse, um team manager or the whatever what's his name actually i bought his i bought his book now so i'm just oh. waiting for that to arrive yeah i actually wrote a book on the 2021 season which is going to be the most dramatic 
F1 season that you're going to watch. Okay. Yo, that's uh, the one I watched actually live. I watched a little bit of it. So. Yeah, so that yo, that was quite intense because obviously that just Max Verstappen versus Lewis Hamilton all season. So it was quite good. But I mean, mm. um, there was also a little bit, you know, from the back of the grid or what of the back markers or whatever, which mm. was obviously Haas and that included like Mick Schumacher or whatever. So they yeah. kind of... Um, in his book, he talks about everything about that. So it's nice to kind of get like almost like draft to survive, you know, another perspective of what goes actually on in the sport because it's not always sunshine and roses. And Netflix obviously makes it so much more dramatic than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the sport's actually in general just very plain. It's, it's a sport, you know, you show up. Yo, they, they're very good at like highlighting certain parts of a race. And um, very quickly, I've, I, I've grown to enjoy very specific courses as well of tracks yeah. um, because of certain things that happen or like, it seems that the Azerbaijan Baku is a little yeah. bit more like, seems like there's a lot of crashes and stuff happening there. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. a lot of excitement. It, 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 so I really enjoy watching that. Yeah, it um, is it is um one of the quickest tracks on the on the calendar. So yeah, I mean, and also is- it's so narrow. Like it, the ones that are in the city, there there's not a lot of space to like overtake people or whatever. So it's quite risky and um high risk and high reward i guess um yeah. but yeah so it's not it's nice to watch um something i didn't know and i only noticed until nathan pointed it out was that singapore is at night <laughs> i think singapore and one other one is like the only ones that are at night and i was like i went to the singapore one and i never even thought about the fact that every other grand prix i've watched on the tv isn't at night and the one that i actually went to was at night <laughs> Actually I don't wins. understand why they don't do all of them at night. It's it's, 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 it's so cool. cool. Um, your yeah. Singapore is actually your Singapore is actually one of my all time favorite tracks just because mm. how beautiful it is. I mean, it's Singapore beautiful. Is, yeah, Singapore in general is beautiful. So having a track, I just feel like the whole Grand Prix is in the whole of Singapore. So it's just I feel like they shut down the whole Singapore just for the Grand Prix. The, so. so the Singapore Grand Prix, like that whole, that aerial shot gives me yeah. such speed racer vibes. Did you watch Speed Racer as a child? Yes. Yeah. That was like my favorite movie. I watched that movie like probably 10 times. Like it was my favorite movie. And it's just like this bright lights and sparks and like saturated colors everywhere and it's and it's in the in at night and it just looks so cool with the neon and it's just it gives you that like excitement and vibe and yeah so i that's yeah, why it, i really it, like it, night courses. it is so cool i mean i know singapore is also one of the most intense races for the drivers because obviously it's the humidity it's like you know kind yeah. of climatizing your body and being in that car and just you know going full send it's like it's also one of the longest fucking races of the whole season like last year's one i was like is this race gonna end because <laughs> like 30 laps too many but um it is your i love a night race hey i love singapore i like obviously all the western races are at night 
Saudi, Dubai, whatever. Because mean it's Eastern. So, Eastern, sorry. Eastern. Look <laughs> at me going Western. Um, Eastern. Um, but it's also because it's so bloody hot there. You just you just have to. Um, mm. I love no, night dresses. And they, obviously they're going to make Las Vegas at night. Um, oh. Yeah, Las Vegas is going to be at night. But there's also like this whole petition thing going on where – um, I know with the launch, they kind of put like these neon strips below the cars. So like these blue neon strips and everybody's like, can we please have these neon strips on the actual race day? So mm-hmm. I don't think that's possible because I know in real life that's illegal. Um, or well, in South Africa, that's illegal to have these light strips on your car. So I don't know, but it would be cool. But um, and there's also been talks about making Miami a night race. So I don't know. I feel like Miami is very beach vibe, sunset cruise, California. Yeah, I don't know if they should. It make feels Miami like you have to. You have to actually have it in the day. But there's a lot of people that are kind of upset because Miami Grand Prix doesn't feel like a Grand Prix. There is not as the European races, you know, or you know, Asia, or whatever. So it's more just like you you show up and it's just a massive party go to a pool party you go to this you watch some cars drive and then you just go on to day. like the grand prix is like the least exciting thing of your whole itinerary for the weekend but, so it's just but isn't that kind of what the monte carlo one is too <laughs> the, yes yes <laughs> but i think with monaco it's more just like monaco's only that big where miami mm. is massive so you can just, I mean, you have a whole hard rock stadium that you can go and chill in, or like that's where the paddock is mm. in Miami. So where Monaco is like every turn that you kind of take, you're in, you're, you will bump into the track. So, mm. I mean, you're, I suppose you're right. Um, but Monaco, there's also been some controversy with Monaco that not a lot of people want that on the track. Yes, it's I can't, oh, on the track, on the calendar. Yes, it's uh, iconic track to have on the calendar but it's also it's not really safety approved at all like monaco freaks me out it stresses me it's like this oh you can't yeah it's like there's a lot of crashes happening there's no chance for overtake at all Mm -hmm. um because once again it's super narrow if you think baku is narrow eh? Mm -hmm. now i'm talking about narrow tracks you should go and check out the um saudi arabian track i think it's only been here for three years now but listen, I get like, I sweat when I watch that race because it's so, so, so narrow. And there's just massive walls on both sides of the track where you just mm. like go on. And it's like, it's, you can't see what's around the next corner, which is so bad. Because if there's a car that literally lost the wheel or something happened yeah. there in the wall, and you come around that corner with like 270 kilometers an hour, you're not going to see that car. So yeah. Saudi Arabia just stresses me out, but it's a cool track and kind of looks a little bit like a worm, but it's okay. But <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I should really just stop like comparing these tracks with animals because I can't. Um, <laughs> if it's not the if it's not the whale in Austria, then I don't know. Um, but anyways, back to our speaking topics. of Austria, so, are you ready to go? So, 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 I mean, it's in a month. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like today in a month, um, 
watching cars go zoom in Austria on a whale-shaped track. Um, so I'm very excited. I must say, like, I told my parents also over the weekend, I'm like, I'm more excited to actually just go than to actually go for the Grand Prix. Like, in the beginning, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm just I'm going for the Grand Prix. I'm going for the Grand Prix now. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to Vienna. I'm going to Austria. I'm going to all these other places, like the Kudos Library. Yeah. I'm going to drink coffee out of an ice cream cone. I'm going to do all these things. And the last thing I'm actually thinking about is the three days at the Grand Prix. So, but I think once I'm there, I'm probably not going to be able to sleep the night before. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, am I going to bump into Charles Leclerc? I do not know. Am I going to bump into <laughs> No. You know, will I be able to like throw one in my bag and take it home? I do not know. So that's TBC. So maybe in our next podcast, we have a featured guest. I don't know. Um, <laughs> imagine, eh? You're, um, no, so I, I'm excited, but there's obviously there's a few things we still need to sort out before then. But I'm nervous because I don't know what to expect when I get there. Because obviously with the Cape Town Epre, there was twenty thousand people. At the Austrian Grand Prix, there's going to be like two hundred thousand people. Mm. It's a lot of people, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. But um, yeah. Anyways, back to the news. Yes. Um, so anything, everything in the news, obviously. So you've watched Drive to Survive. You've mentioned Daniel Ricciardo. Um, and obviously you've also mentioned the thing where it's it's kind of bad for you knowing you see where the drivers are in 2019 versus mm. where they are now. And um, you also mentioned that some of them don't have seats and that's obviously Daniel Ricciardo. Um, so Daniel Ricciardo obviously doesn't have a seat for this year, but he is Red Bull's reserve driver. But Red Bull has a sister team called Alpha Tori. Um, and there are speculation, or there is a speculation that he might go there. Alpha Turi, is that the old Toro Rosso? Yes. Okay. Yes. So Toro Rosso becomes Alpha Turi. Cool. Because that's the other thing, like, I'm trying to figure out, I'm watching, like, 2019, when all the teams are, like, named different things. I yes. mean, like, um what is it uh there's a obviously so red bull was still renault and now it's like uh Hon- yeah, and then it so went to renault, honda and- yeah, yeah yeah so yeah yeah so yeah okay so um red bull so those type of things like you will see somewhere along the line it will say red bull aston martin that's because it's obviously who provides like their powertrains or engines yes. or whatever so that's kind of where that comes to comes together. So now it would be Red Bull Honda because obviously Honda provides it. But in previous years, it would be Red Bull Aston Martin because Aston Martin used to provide it. So um, yeah, so obviously Renault. The only like the only kind of where I just like remember it is Renault is a French team, and mm-hmm. Alpine is also very French, and that's how I kind of make that connection. So Alpine, Renault, Alpine, it's Alpine. It's not Alpine. I always Alpine. thought it was Alpine. It's Alpine. I always thought it was Alpine. It's Alpine. Blew my mind. Interesting. Don't, yeah, yeah. I was also okay, just but um, what the other one I was thinking of was oh, the Force India isn't a team or is a team. It it changed obviously its name. Yeah, to, so Force India. I can't. There was something in between. I I think it was Force India Racing Point. And then, oh, it's the Racing Point Force India, I can't remember. And then that became Aston Martin. That okay. we see now. 
Yeah, huh. there's going to be a big controversy around or big thing around Force India um, coming okay, up. Which I, is, I think step down and watch. Yeah, so there's also um, you'll they, obviously they'll mention the guy who's who started Force India, but there's the a documentary who's being yeah. So there's you know, a documentary he's... specifically on Netflix just for him. Oh, that's weird. So, yeah, but it's not focused on f1 related is focused on why he's not in the sport or whatever happened there so that's also quite interesting but um yeah so the team's obviously changed and i just love it i mean in 2026 we're bringing an audi um whether audi is oh. coming in as an 11th team i'm not quite sure and or whether it's replacing alfa romeo that we have now or um, williams because they seem like oh. they're they they need to deal with they that need, situation they need all the help that they can get because i i can't M- mclaren as well like I, i'm mclaren and williams i have doubts about those two teams at the moment I'm, i just don't know what's going on there it's just it's confusing me but um yeah so obviously the team the teams change um i cried a lot in that series eh? because you get so attached to the drivers and you're just like you know st basically that doesn't have a seat you're just like yeah that was sad because he did so well and he's so, oh, he's such a sweetheart, actually. He's like, he says, you know, I'm here for you. But I mean, I think it was season two, but there's a season where Red Bull's just absolutely brutal with drivers. I think they had like two drivers in one season, three drivers in one season. Um, and I'm just like, because they wanted somebody to can who was able to kind of like compete with Max. And it's just mm. not everybody can compete with Max. So, I mean, it's Max for Stoppen. But, um, yeah, so obviously there is so Alpha Tree is the old Toro Rosso, or the new Toro yeah. Rosso, sorry. Um, so currently in that seat is Nick de Vries, who is a two-time Formula E world champion, who I've been rooting for for so long to be in Formula One, because um, he's 27 years old. You know, he's also reaching the age where you can't really, if you haven't been in Formula One for that long, and you just make a comeback at the age of mm. 27 and up, it's like, it's impossible actually. Um, so I've been rooting for him for so long. And one of last year's races, also one of the Italian Grand Prix, um, in a Williams, take note, he came ninth, um, which is for his very first Formula One race. It's amazing. He scored points in a Williams. So everybody was just like, we're going to sign this guy. Mm-hmm. And um, he got signed. And now this year, it's just, it's just not working out for him. Like it's crash after crash after bumping into someone after this. It's just, there's just so many issues and problems. And I feel so bad for him. Cause like you had this big thing where everybody's rooting for you and saying, Oh, but you got ninth in a Williams. So now you have to get into an Alpha Tori and just, you know, you have to be in the top five, yeah. you know? So there's a lot of expectation from his side. And then, um, helmet Marco, um, who's kind of, I wouldn't say like he has a big say in whatever is happening in the world of Red Bull racing. So he basically said that he's giving the freeze up until the Spanish Grand Prix, which is two races from now. So you have Monaco now and then mm. Spain play afterwards to kind of, I wouldn't say like sort his shit out, but just sort out his life and come back and show us actually what he can do. But it's so difficult because there's with these last few races, I mean, we're in almost June now and mm-hmm. we've only had five races and the season started in the beginning of March. So it's like, there's a lot of summer breaks happening, mini summer breaks happening in between changes of race formats and whatever. So it's weird territory and 
things for for a new driver to come in and they don't really know what's happening um there's not you can't really adapt to anything else so it's just you have to work with what you have and it's just it's just not working out but um with the upcoming races it is tracks that he's familiar with i mean formula e did race in monaco um so i mean it should be and it's he's, he's dutch but he lives in monaco so um it is his home second home race as well so hopefully we get to see some progress there but i mean there is talks about daniel ricardo replacing him and it might be sooner than later oh, replacing him yeah because yes. i was wondering people are saying okay he might come back but i didn't know who he would be replacing then yeah so because i know the, they said the other the other red bull um reserve driver um oh, is Liam also Lawson. looking for a seat and possibly might take nick the freezer seat so yeah, so everybody's a Daniel Ricciardo fan for, like since day one. And I think between like Liam Lawson and Daniel, they'll probably pick Daniel. Um, but it's also, I mean, mm. I mean, Christian Horner also mentioned, who's a team principal of Red Bull, um, mm. he just basically, he tuned Zach Brown, who's a team principal of McLaren, that he, did, he doesn't know what they did um, with Daniel while he was at McLaren because he came to Red Bull skinny he was so unmotivated to do anything and just Red Bull had to get him back into that winning mindset. And it's nice if you, even if you are a reserve driver, you're a reserve driver for a winning team. So it yes. kind of, it does, it does boost your confidence a bit. I'm actually glad Daniel left. Cause if, I mean, if you look at where McLaren is now, just like, I mean, Lana Norris is top five or well, bottom five, sorry, in a McLaren. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but it also does. It seems like he is happy about where he yeah. is currently mentally and Yeah, and I mean it yeah. takes it takes a lot to just get back into that headspace. And maybe this year off is something that he needs. Um mm-hmm. whether he comes back this year, next year, we don't know. But I'm 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 rooting for both, but you can only have so many seats in Formula One and it's so bad because once you get attached to a certain driver and you just you you like everybody but you don't want everybody to leave and it's just there's only so much you can do and obviously you have to make way for the new generation coming in so it's, it's so frustrating as well also but I mean I'm rooting for the freeze and I'm rooting for Daniel but I just I just kind of want the freeze to finish finish this year and then if it doesn't work after the year at least you gave it a year instead of giving him like four or five races and being cheers mm-hmm. I'm done with you you know so that's that's a bit crappy and I mean with the Italian Grand Prix of last year of last year last weekend it got cancelled due to like heavy flooding in Italy it's terrible I mean he got stuck and then he had to stay at the McLaren hotel which is so funny like one of the race engineers at the McLaren hotel gave him a room because he was just like can't go to the Alfa hospitality because it's flooded and I'm stuck here so lovely yeah, so he just got the short end of the stick. But I mean, the Italian Grand Prix got cancelled, and there was a possibility that they were going to postpone it. But due to the very intense race schedule coming up, it doesn't seem like if it's going to actually happen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I also blame Formula One. I see now the floods, or the problem is that they can't leave in time for, or might not be able to leave the flood zone in time. To get to Monte Carlo or to Monaco. And so the problem isn't necessarily 
all the stuff that's going on in France, but that they not, yeah. might not be able to leave in time and that Formula One takes so long to set up and everything. Yeah, it's so I, I also, besides that being cancelled, you also sit with that because obviously those things get shipped out a week in advance. So, I mean, the cars are probably there by Monday and then they start setting up you like your paddock and whatever. And now I know one of the teams that are really in struggle um, or really struggling is Alpine. Because most of their like equipment and some of their staff is still in France because you can't, well, that side of France because you can't, oh, France, Italy, sorry. Um, and you can't leave because it's flooding and there's just so mm. much you can do. And it's so bad. Imagine your whole truck is there with your cars or whatever and you just, you just can't leave. And then it has to be in Monaco within a few hours. It's crazy. I mean, I know with Formula 2 and Formula 3, there's a few things there as well from them. So it's just, it's logistically, it's terrible. It's just, it's just pushing about everything. And I think there's also some speculation that the Monaco Grand Prix can be canceled because of that. Um, and it's just, if your things aren't there, it aren't, it isn't there. But I mean, I also feel like you have backups. Do you just take you know, everything with you? Don't you have at like the factory in England, another set or three that's maybe just like lying around? I mean, you have your reserve drivers drive for a bit, give them a chance. Exactly. Just like, guys, it's like you can't just send. It's like, for me, in my brain, it's almost, you know, you have a spare key for your car, but you put the spare key in your car. (laughs) (laughs) It's giving that. It's literally, Mm. it's giving that. Um, But I mean, obviously, we don't work there, so we don't know, obviously, logistically how it works. Maybe you only capped Mm. at three. I do not know. But, um, yeah, so this whole cancellation thing is a bit of a, a shit show. But, I mean, you've got to do what you've got to do. This is Formula One. We love it. Um, mm. So, yeah, so there's there's a lot that's happened. And, obviously, the latest one that I actually read this morning is Ferrari offering Lewis Hamilton $40 million, I think $40 million for a Come seat back. next year. Yeah, to, like, obviously, to move from Mercedes to Ferrari. And I'm like, oh, Lewis I don't know if you read this guy retired. No, he didn't. He obviously he was so close to winning the championship in 2021. And then they kind of wanted to do a comeback in 2022. And then they call, it just wasn't up to it. And then they were like, no, 2023 is going to be our year. And the call is still not up to it. But I know I read in the beginning of the year. So how it's working. So if Leclerc is not happy with Ferrari, um, or doesn't win something, win a title, whatever, with Ferrari at the end of this year, he is planning to move to Mercedes. And I'm like, well, he isn't anywhere near winning a title this year, so that's not going to happen. And then with Hamilton, it's like, if he's not winning a title with Mercedes this year, he's moving out to Ferrari. So I'm like, oh, you guys just doing a little bit of a, a switcheroo happening here. Um, so Obviously, because the rumors are starting with Hamilton and Ferrari, it is a possibility that Leclerc might go to Mercedes. And I'm just sitting here thinking, I don't know which one's worse. Because Ferrari, strategically wise, is not the best team to rely on. Um, and it's just, it's just, if you think Mercedes was bad, Hamilton, like Ferrari is next level, bro. It's, it's like the X you don't want to go back to. Um, and then... With Leclerc to Mercedes, yes, Mercedes has won like eight constructors championships, but I mean, no, it's it's not looking good over the last two years. So 
I don't know. I mean, it's so bad if there's only one dominant team out of 10 teams. There's only so much you can do. It's like if you want to win, you have to drive with Red Bull. And that is quite funny. And the because seats will take. Watching, watching the first season, I was just thinking, oh, it's so annoying that there's these three teams that all are so good and so much better than all the rest. And now you were saying there's only one now. <laughs> So it does change eventually, I guess. It's it's just crazy. I think it was with the Miami Grand Prix. I mean, you guys were there, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys watched it where Max just literally started tenth, and just yeah. he just flew to the front of the grid. I'm like, how? How? Like questions. How are you that fast? But I mean, it's it it that guy blows my mind because obviously because Imola got cancelled, him and um. Landon Norris kind of did like a virtual race for charity over the weekend. And um, Max just literally won the race. I'm like, you just, you just have that winning mentality and you're just like. Yeah, but I can see that he's so competitive. But it's also, he's so unhinged. And I'm like, how? He's one of those, you know what? He's one of those guys. Or I picture him as one of those guys that. Those med students that never study for a test, and the night before a test, they go out, they party hard, and they just you, you then just they never get see like them. full marks. Yeah, mm. that's 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 who I picture engineering Max guy. Yes, that's who I picture Max Verstappen as. And I mean, you get then you get the McLarens, and the McLarens will just like study so hard and do extra classes, no. and then they they still fail. Um, so, yeah, Max has happened. He's just on another level. But I think once you're in the groove of that winning mindset, it's just, oh, I'm just going to win another race. I'm just going to win another one. Oh, it's just a virtual one. Let's just do it, you know? I mean, he mm. also did this thing where in his, I don't know if it's in his, I, would, I wouldn't call it tour bus, but like his van that they kind of like take everywhere from race to race. He wants to put his sim race game thing in there as well. I'm like, so you go race? Monday, Monday, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you go back to your bus. Just race race more. I'm like, "Mm, (laughs) don't you have a girlfriend? I'm pretty sure you do. I'm like, I don't know. Like, don't you go out? Don't you go have fun? Like, don't you have a life? Um, So it it just blows my mind. There's only so many times that I can do a thing until I'm like very, very, very much over it. I'm like, yeah. I can only watch so many series a weekend or read so many books or do this so many times. I'm not one of those people like, oh, you know, I'm just going to do this. He's giving Olympic mindset. Yes. Eat, sleep, and But these guys, maybe. they have been dreaming, eat, <laughs> sleep, pooping, F1, for their whole lives. All of them, all their little start stories or where they started or like oh I've been doing this since I've been seven years old oh I've been doing this since I was five years old oh my dad was in this business now I'm in this business it's all they know it's all they can think of for the whole seven days of the week if they don't do that then what are they yeah fair enough fair enough but it's so funny there was actually a video going out where um they asked the drivers, what is their biggest dream? And every single one of them were like, to win a championship. And then Yuki Tsunoda, who will come in later, um, just basically said, he just wants to open his own restaurant. And I'm like, 
bless oh. you. Just, just bless you, Babu. Everybody's like, I want to win a championship. And you can just be on an open mountain restaurant. It's like cute <laughs> i mean he's just yo but that man like if you think max Verstappen's ways you haven't seen that man on the track it is it is ridiculous he fits me here that's how short he is i mean Whoa. he's he's a tiny human being that hates exercising i mean he's my spirit animal he's we're just on the same level <laughs> loves the exercise great um winning mindset but um yeah so yeah, yeah you're right like i mean they eat sleep and breathe literally formula one and then just like a sprinkle of dating in there and a sprinkle of hanging out with martin garrix or cargo or going on long holidays on on our massive massive yacht so living the dream but yeah i mean but i still i kind of hammer on this point of you know that some of them actually just really need mental coaches i mean if you look at Max, like his mindset's there. He's ready. I'm ready. He's re- ready to win another five championships, you know, where, you know, people like George Russell or I am mentioning him, Princess George. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Princess George. Um, George Russell, um, Lando Norris, it's a bit debatable, but I mean, Checo, um, Perez and Charles Leclerc especially. I mean, if you give those Oaks mental coaches, you know, just take them by the hand. For example, Charles, take them by the hand to a track walk and say, listen, I know last year this corner Max took you out yeah. and you and you panicked because there was like two Red Bulls on your ass and you were in the league and you were just like, you know what, let's just give it up. Don't do that this year. You know, because I think this should – I don't tell me that these drivers don't have PTSD every time they go around the corner like, oh, shit, I Yo. crashed in that two years ago. Or I did this in this hall. You know, you still, you're a bit weird. Because I know when I, for example, not comparing myself to them, obviously, with those amount of speeds. But, I mean, if I drive into a curb or park and bump a curb, every time that I'm going to park, I'm going to be like, am I close to the curb? Am I close to the wall? Am I? You know, I drove over a cat by accidentally once and it it scarred me for very long I was it was at night after like a party and I was like designated daving and I was driving at night on this road that had no street lights and I was driving like 120 or something it was a highway and a cat just randomly jumped out from the side of the road and I was on the right side and this cat came in and I just saw it too late it was in my headlights and went under the car and I just I freaked out and I was like swerving I was like what just happened and I went off of the road and by chance a EMT truck or thing was behind us minivan and the guy pulled over and he's like oh you guys okay and I was bawling Oh, no. And Nathan is just sitting there and he's like, why are you pulling over on the right side of the road? And I'm just like, I can't, this cat. I just drove over a cat. And this guy is like, it's okay. It's okay. He's like, <laughs> the UNT guy is trying to like make me not cry. And he's like, you can't cry. You can't drive if you're crying. And it's okay. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it 
it was not your fault and everything. And I was just thinking, oh, my word. Almost what you're going to say, it's, it's not a house cat. It was a street cat. It's fine. Yeah, it's not about the fact that it's a cat or whatever. In my head, I'm just thinking, if that was a human, I wouldn't have been able to stop either. And every time I drove after that for like a good year at night, if something moves very fast out of the corner of my eye, I freak out. Yeah. And I get yeah. go back to that moment and I'm like <gasps> and I need exactly. to catch my breath and then I'm like okay nothing happened let's focus on the road again and then I just drive slower so I can just imagine if you have like a life-threatening crash getting back into a car like that every weekend and doing that over and over yeah wow. it's, it's, it's ridiculous I yeah but it, it's so weird like a sport that's so high up there that they don't actually have people like that you know you get psychiatrists but then that's not the same i mean you need somebody to actually walk with you and be like this is what you're going to think about when you take this turn just to keep your mind off what actually happened you know so yeah it's it's crazy but i mean it's also you know they've been doing that their whole lives how many walls have they bumped into you know how many cars have they driven into you know it's like i freak out just knowing that my wheel can clip into the guy next to me and i can spun out and just crash into a barrier it's like that's scary um and you're not doing that at a very very slow speed so those drivers are just ruthless and i'm not even talking about motor gp guys because those guys aren't even stuck on a seatbelt that's they are literally touching the ground around every corner my thing is just like it's the leg for me it's like if you fall like your legs are like under the bike mm. yeah so it's just the other thing is i think those bikes and the same with the formula one cars they're very light they're not very heavy so i think it's also it adds to the safety of the crash i guess it's made to crumble almost in speed racer where they have that like the the glass thing around them and then it like crumbles into this little ball mm-hmm. and then the person gets like ejected out of the car and it's like in this little ball and then you're safe <laughs> i always use that <laughs> as my reference i mean um <laughs> if you look at for example um last year in monaco mick schumacher had a massive crash like personally at the end of the year i was like oh it wasn't that big of a crash but when i look back at it it was actually like a massive crash but those cars are specifically designed so if you hit a wall and that's the impact of your crash of your crash then that car breaks at certain points for safety um depending on obviously how you hit the hit the barrier or hit the wall or whatever so it's mm-hmm. super interesting because that car i think split into three um three pieces that. and it was literally that's where it was supposed to be able to break and I'm like, you guys even think of that. But I mean, if you're driving 270 kilometers down the straight, and yeah, then you should be wall. thinking of that. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you have people thinking of that for you. So, mm. I mean, it is, it is, the technology going into the sport is incredible. And safety wise, I mean, it's the tiniest things, you know, bringing in the halo um, that wasn't there 10 years ago, you know, saved a lot of drivers' lives in the last five mm. years. It's crazy. Um, and then even just like those, I don't know, I always forget the name of them, but it's like these tiny plastic things that kind of just put on your neck. It's like a brace. Mm. And then mm. you put the helmet over it. And then that kind of prevents your head from not. Full whiplash and stuff. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's quite interesting. But I mean, we can dive into that at another time. But yeah, yeah. so a lot of things that happen, driver markets and Grand Prix getting cancelled and hopefully not cancelled some more. But um, yeah, that's it for sport, I suppose. And that's a wrap for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed creating it. Until next time, here's to looking fine, sipping wine, and chatting about sport and fashion on the sideline. Cheers.